You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac? Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the giant bunny trail. It's Easter. Is he voiced by James Corden? <laughs> I didn't see that movie. Did no, you see it? No, I did not see it. <laughs> I was like, a, a rabbit, a rabbit movie. But apparently there's some outrage about that movie because one of the uh, the characters was allergic to some f- food. I think it was carrots or something. And oh it was like gosh. a human character. And the rabbits, like, to try to defeat him, started throwing carrots at him. And they were like, it's discriminating against people with food allergies. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> there's outrage. Over, over anything, everything. I don't know. like sister. It's like Sister Jean in NCAA. Like, come on, why can't people just enjoy them? She's proof that no matter who you are, and no matter how likable you could be, people are going to turn on you, and they turned on her. I think this was. I think this was Matt Moore that said this, but or it was either it was either Matt Moore or Kirk. He was like, "Oh no, you disagree with a deeply religious ninety-eight year old? <laughs> why are we surprised?" Like yeah, yeah. You disagree on a lot more things, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So this is locked on Mavericks. Isaac and I are hitting the rest of the season, man. We got about we got ten days left, counting this Sunday where we're when we're talking. Uh, <laughs> man, the uh, we're doing this actually right during the uh, the Mavs Cavs game because uh, Isaac and I got stuff to do, man. <laughs> Isaac's got to spray his lawn. I think he said something about like he spray paints his lawn or something. No, Isaac, do it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way, man. You got to actually grow the grass. It needs to be more green, so I'm spray painting. No, <laughs> I, I got to get the weeds out of my grass. So he spray paints spray. A, a UNC logo on it <laughs> with a roundup to where it's all in brown UNC <laughs> and the lines. Oh, is the dead UNC grass? Is that a metaphor for something? Oh, ha 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 ha. Thank you, Nick. Which, by the way, tonight, as you guys are listening to this on Monday, is the uh, NCAA tournament final. We got Villanova, our guy Mikhail Bridges, versus Lloyd. Oh, no. Oh, Michigan. <laughs> versus Michigan with uh, Dirk's little brother, or Dirk's son, I guess. Dirk's second son. <laughs> Mo Wagner. Yeah. Mo, Mo Wagner. Dirk got a little tweet from Dirk, too. Yeah, he today. did. How about that? So, that that's got to feel real good. Heck yeah, it does. That has to feel real good. All right, so this is what we're getting to today. We got some news that we're going to talk about. Uh, a player was signed to a 10-day or the end of the season or both, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, the Mavs-Minnesota game a little bit. Mavs-Cavs is going on right now. Remember when everybody was Mavaliers when the uh, <laughs> when the Cavs were playing? Um, what? Not everyone. Do not classify everyone as that. I've I've never been a fan of the Cavaliers. No, it was the Cavs fans were fans of the Mavs when they were playing Miami and LeBron. That's what it was. Mavaliers. Oh, that, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we're gonna talk about my uh, my ten things piece that I I came out with a couple days ago. Just go through some of the stuff on that and talk about that. So there's some interesting stats in there. There's some things you're gonna want to stick around for. Also. 
You're going to want to stick around because Scotty Hobson did something that no one else in NBA history has done. And that's what we're going to talk about on Locked on Maps. Let's get to it. All right, so on Friday night, yes, Friday, the uh, the Mavericks lose in glorious fashion to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 92-93. to Carl Anthony Towns had a 20-20 game. Uh, is there anything less surprising than a dominant big man getting double-digit rebounds and 20 rebounds against the Mavericks, Isaac? Uh, no, that that's pretty much a given at this point in the season. Um, and like Davis, Towns. Dwight, Towns now. It's like, it feels like everybody's just going to get 10 to 15 rebounds all the time. Everyone uh, turns into Wilt Chamberlain against the Mavericks. This is kind of why I feel like the fan base, and sometimes include myself, where I'm like, we like want a big man. Like it would be nice to have a yeah. Bombo or a Jackson or a, you know somebody like that. Or even if they land one, getting Aiden because it feels like literally like for for like two years now we've just been eaten alive on the boards, and it did not disappoint. We miss Zaza too much. I think that's what it is. We miss, we miss Zaza. <laughs> no, but uh, Andrew Andrew Wiggins um, pretty much built a brick house. In- He's a brick <laughs> house. House. Um, That's kind of so- how he goes, you know. Like some nights he's on, and some nights he's just completely off. Yeah, and I'm I'm very very intrigued. You know, the the tables turned on Wiggins probably I guess last year. The analytics yeah. crowd helped convince everyone that. He's not very good. The, he signs this. The contract did not help him at all, as you're about to say. So, like, what, what, what does Minnesota do with it? You know, if they, if Butler comes back and he's like healthy, and Wiggins becomes like this, you know, it's an obvious hole, and he just isn't going to work. What happens to him? And would he become a salary dump at that point? Because, no, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's there. Because well, I tweeted out something about what his trade value would be, and some people were like, "Man, I don't even know who would take that contract." I'm like, "Somebody's a Blake Griffin's contract." Now, Blake Griffin's a better player, but he's also he gets also gets injured a lot more, which we've seen because he's probably out for the remainder of this season right now. Uh, yeah, and so like that contract, that's an even bigger contract than what Wiggins was signed to. So if that contract can be traded, then Wiggins could definitely be traded. Also. There's going to be that int- intrigue with Wiggins. You know, like we've seen these guys get picked up over and over again. The guys that are like, let's take a flyer on somebody. That's a pretty good flyer if you're going <laughs> to take it somebody. Costs a lot more, but, you know, Wiggins is going to be that player that it, it's like the uh, the boyfriend that you see somebody else dump. Oh, wait. I guess if, well, since 98% of our audience is male, I'll go with the, uh, so it's the girl It's the girl that, uh, that some other guy dumps and you're like, I can fix her. Like I can, I, you know, like, like I can be the one to like rein her in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just kind of yeah. seems like Wiggins is going to be that guy where uh, they're like, coach is going to be like, I can get the defense out of him. Look at him. Look at those tools. Look at those intangible. Like, look at those, look at him in college. He had all the, the skills and tools to be able to be like an elite defender in the NBA. I'm the one that's going to get it out of him. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely still, especially if you're a rebuilding team, take that flyer in a heartbeat. If it, you know, as long as I wouldn't be giving up, a, you know, first overall pick in the draft or, you know, probably even a top 10 pick, I wouldn't be giving it up for him. But, you know, if it was something along the lines where I could shed some salary too, but just take on Wiggins, I, I would for sure. But he looked, he looked rough on Friday night. Dennis Smith Jr., Got him so bad, he took him to the ice rink Love and it. crossed Love him it. up, went in, did his thing. But yeah, it, I mean, it's 
It says a one-point loss. It was a little bit, um, I'd say Minnesota's a little bit better than that, than what the box score said as a final score. Dallas hit some crazy shots at the end. Yogi hit a crazy three at the end. But really it came down to Jamal Crawford. I mean, it, I think he had 24 yeah, points. 20-something points. They literally just isoed it out and gave it to him, and he just – Gets Yogi, buckets. Yogi, yeah, I mean, Yogi was playing great defense on him, but he just did his thing. and So, another loss for the Mavericks. I did not get to witness that game. I was in Houston all weekend, and Isaac, a Houstonian, Uh-oh. said to me, he said, so where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from Cincinnati, but I'm living in Dallas right now. And he looks at me, and he says, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> With his Astros shirt and hat on, um, we're both kind of we're both transplants to to the Dallas area. Yeah, it's weird uh-huh. the the rivalry between Houston and Dallas. It's almost like they're two different states. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird for sure. I mean we haven't been here long. I've been to Houston a handful of times. I just know that the traffic's super bad and. Um, weird highways, learned, not as weird I as Dallas. Really quick, is, <laughs> that Galveston is not a beach. And That's a beach. It is really. It's functionally a beach. It's like, it's like a larger mud puddle. It's with, okay. It's a beach in the same way that lakes have beaches. I think lakes are prettier than that. Some of them. <laughs> you ever Some been? You ever them. been to Lake Erie? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. No, I mean, yeah, that that rivalry's uh, weird, and it, it's fun. It's cool to see it in different sports. The closest thing that I had growing up was Louisville and Lexington, Kentucky, and just basketball, football, just everything with that. The two cities, and but they both had two different vibes. Where Lexington's a little more richy, more money. Louisville's the bigger city. It's just that's the closest thing to it but down here it's like on steroids because you get two massive two of the biggest cities in the united states and it's almost like ohio versus michigan because ohio versus michigan football is just you know ohio state versus michigan is is such a big huge rivalry and then uh it's it's almost like that it's kind of crazy how it but there's just a disdain even though you're in the same state but all right, so the uh, the Mavs Cavs game is going on right now. The uh, it's there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Cavs are up eighty three to eighty one. It's very close. The Mavs have led almost the entire way here, <laughs> so that's a little concerning. Uh, but let's get to the news today. Um, on Saturday, Woj tweeted out that the Mavs are planning to sign Aaron Harrison to a second ten day contract. Uh, it was going to be up pretty soon there where it was up and so they were going to sign him to the end and then today the today being sunday the mavs announced that they're going to sign aaron harrison for the remainder of the season now using that language it makes it sound like the mavs believe in aaron harrison more so than say a second a 10 second 10 day contract right doesn't yeah. that sound more like that <laughs> however yeah. there's only 10 days left in the season <laughs> <laughs> He gets his second one, though, so it's like, ooh, the revolving door is shut now. No. For the final. Still a revolving door. Uh, This is what Dwayne Price tweeted this. This is what Carlisle said about uh, Aaron Harrison signing him for the rest of the season. Carlisle said, we like him. It's a good opportunity for him. I see him getting better each day. A good kid, hard worker. He's got a skill. (laughs) So we've got six left, and he'll get a chance to play quite a bit, I would think. 
Uh, yeah, see what I love that he said he got he he's got a skill. <laughs> I'm glad he knows something about him now because oh, when he first wow. came in, he didn't know anything. Wow. Isaac versus Carlisle is the new the new beef we got going on now. <laughs> no, no, no. Rick's I understand Rick. I you know we just don't. All right, God. and then uh, the Mavericks in the tank rankings today. They are currently fifth in the draft lottery at 23 and 53. Now. It's 85 to 81 with seven and a half left in the fourth quarter. So I'm assuming that the Mavericks are going to lose this game, that LeBron's going to pull it out in the end. He's going to wake up on Sunday and uh, and pull it out. So let's say that the Mavericks lose. They'd be 23 and 50, 54. They would be tied for fourth with Orlando. And Orlando plays Atlanta tonight. So either way, that's a good outcome for the Mavericks. Now, we want Orlando to lose, or we want Orlando to win. <laughs> It's so confusing. We want Orlando to win against the Hawks because the Mavs are closer to Orlando. If Orlando wins and the Mavs lose, the Mavs are solely in fourth place in the tank ranking. So that's what we're, that's what we're wanting right now. Both those games are going on as we speak, so by the time you hear this, uh, that will already happen. So just be looking at that, monitoring that, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Let's talk about my 10 things that I put out, a la Zach Lowe. Thank you so much for coming up with lists. Just kidding. He did not come up with lists. Um, 10 things that I, that I wanted to talk about with the Mavericks. There's a <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. Getting blocked at the rim was my first one. It just seems like it happens so much. We've talked about this a little bit. Pretty much. It feels like every game. I feel like that's if you really dug down and, and got Dennis to admit everything about his rookie season, I feel like that would be one kind of hidden away that, Hey, I've, it's taken me time to, adjust to the athletes and to the big men in the middle. And I know he mentioned something about when he played Anthony Davis and somebody asked him a question about, you know, adjusting to players like Anthony Davis and his, and his answer had something with, well, there's no Anthony Davis's in college. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty yeah. much like, there's no guys like Anthony Davis. There's no, none of these like big centers, these Rudy Gobert's or even guys like Willie Cauley Stein, you know, it's these springy big, big man that he has taken it in against, which is cool. You like seeing the no fear. You like seeing that out yeah. of your rookie point guard. But there's just times like, I mean, people watching it like us are watching it saying, I mean, we can see it like two seconds beforehand. Oh, this is about to get sent. And then he takes it in, you know, right on the goot and it gets blocked. So it's just something over time. But it has been kind of funny to see almost every single game. And get sent, sent away. So here's something I wrote in the piece, and it's on MavsMoneyBall.com. It's uh, the title is actually called "Some Good and Not So Good Recent Mavs Moments." I think we're going to change that because I'm going to try to do this a little bit more often going forward. Uh, this is something I wrote in it. Both of the league's Dennis's top the list of players who are blocked the most per game. Dennis Schroeder, 1.7 times a game, uh, he gets swatted the most, but Dennis Smith Jr. is right behind him at 1.5. So one and a half times game. So it's it is pretty much every game that he his shot is getting blocked at some point. Uh, but I thought it was funny that those are the only two Dennis's in the whole league, and they're in the top in a certain category. <laughs> Do you know who is number three in getting blocked the most per game in the NBA? Isaac Harris. Oh my gosh! Ooh, um, Isaac didn't read the piece. No, <laughs> I actually have it up on my laptop. I was looking for a different title. It I, I didn't think it was on there, but it's under this. Title. Yeah, they changed it. Um, Kevin Durant. That is an awful guess because it is very hard to block his shot. Uh, <laughs> but you were close. He was a teammate of his. James Harden. Steph Curry. James Ooh. Harden 
is number three. He gets blocked one point. Uh, let's hold on. I think it's one point four. Yeah, one point four times per game. So the MVP. I called him the MVP in waiting. He gets blocked a little bit less than Dennis does, and their usage rate is probably fairly similar. Dennis is like at thirty, and I think Harden's like is, thirty-five yeah. or something like that. Um, but man, so I put a video in there of him getting blocked, of Dennis getting blocked by Rudy Gobert. The thing that drives me crazy the most, and then we'll we'll move on from this, is that. Some of them just seem so obvious. Like you and I are sitting in the press box, which is the highest place you can watch games from. It's a pretty good angle. Like you can see the floor really well. And we just see him drive into the lane. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then you just see Rudy Gobert's hand or Anthony Davis or even like Mason Plumley, you know, somebody like that just follow up behind yeah. him and just block his shot out of bounds. He should probably keep that inbounds, but he blocks it out of bounds. And you're like, man. One thing that I will say that I didn't mention in the piece is I think this is actually a good thing. Like you were mentioning earlier, I think the more times you fail, the more times you're trying something. Like you're doing something in-game. Like this is something that he's getting a lot of reps in, and he's going to be able to figure out those J.J. Barea-type moves around a guy's arm or the speed that he has to take to the basket or the, the amount of – the. Uh, the length that he has to kind of stretch his arm and throw the ball off the, the rim. I think this is good for him. Just keep failing, man. Like, this is kind of what your rookie season's all about. Like, just fail really hard and learn from it and adjust from it. And so I don't think he's going to fix it, you know, the rest of the season. But I think next year, that's definitely something we need to monitor. For sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, another thing that I wanted to talk about from this is Yogi Ferrell playing out of position. This is something that we have sort of noted the entire year. Uh, it's a difficult situation for him to be in because he's gonna—he's an unrestricted free agent as the season, you know, when the uh, the season ends. And uh, how what percent of Yogi's minutes do you think he has played at point guard? This is via Basketball Reference. I'm gonna say 17. You're looking at it right now. Wow, you're so <laughs> you're so smart. Uh, who is t- who is talking about? There's recently a podcast where somebody was talking about doing that. Oh, I think it was uh, Dan Patrick. He said he would he would be on the draft or he would be on Sports Center and he would have a stat in front of him, and then he would be like, uh, he would say he would say, now I think this is true, but I'm I'm not sure. I think this is true that you know Yogi Ferrell has only played 17 percent of his minutes at point guard, and then Keith Oberman would just like crack up or he would just get mad because it's the stat is literally written right in front of him, so it makes Dan look smarter. <laughs> yeah. just love to mess with him that way. But yes, 17 percent. Of his minutes at point guard, 67% of his minutes at shooting guard, and then a crazy 16% at small forward or what is essentially third guard. Uh, so he's playing just about the same number of his minutes at you know at the third guard that he is at point guard. The thing that I really wanted to point out about this is that he has not complained about this one bit to anybody, at least anybody yeah. in the media. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard anything about it, and – just for, I mean, you mentioned his height in the piece, and just for his size to see a guy like that. I mean, you might see there's a difference between you got somebody like Yogi Ferrell compared to like Devin Harris playing yeah. the three. And like Devin, just, you know, a little bit better suited. You could kind of understand it in today's game. With Yogi, man, it's it's crazy. And, you know, it's a, he's he's played well. I think he's had a, a great season this year. And, I mean, I think he should go back to a point guard spot. He should be a primary point, probably backup point guard yeah. in the league. Ideally. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy his role that he's played this year, though. Yeah, and I also mentioned the piece. He's shooting 39.3% on catch-and-shoot threes, and I wrote this before the last couple of games, so that may have gone up or down. But almost 40% of his threes, uh, or almost 40% uh, 
shooting on catch and shoot threes, which is a great, awesome percentage. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, another thing I want to bring up from this is the the Super Maxio Bros. Uh, this is a <laughs> this is a group of fans that we saw in March. They were guys that were uh, it was like a group of like twenty something German guys, and every time Maxi Kleba jumped into the game or came into the game, they would start chanting Maxi Kleba. <laughs> and they would clap, and there was like, it was almost a college type atmosphere, like just from those guys. Just from those guys. Now we were really close to them, so that's what it felt to us. Uh, but what I wanted to point out about this is just the luck, just the luck that these guys had that they were at that game. Now, I think they were at two or three games, but listen to this. So Maxi played 26 minutes in that game. I think it was a uh, a game against the the Hornets or the uh, the the Pelicans. I'm sorry. So he played 26 minutes in that game. In the six games prior to that night when they showed up, he received nine total minutes and only played in three of those games. <laughs> so, like, he had... What kind of luck is that? Like, can you imagine? You're fly, you're like, you have a plane ticket bought. You're, you're some of these guys. You have a plane ticket bought. You're flying to Dallas to go see your boy, Maxi Kleba, and probably Dirk, too. But you're going to go see your boy, and he doesn't play. And then he doesn't play. And then he plays four minutes. And then he plays seven minutes. And he doesn't play. And he doesn't play. <laughs> You're just going to be like, man, are we going to see this guy at all? And then he comes out and plays 26 minutes. I think they called Carlisle beforehand and were like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming all the way here. You better play. Or they got to the PR staff. Or they got to, you know, somebody in, in you know, PR, uh, like, uh, guess somebody in ticketing or whoever puts together the uh, the group sales or something like that and they're like hey you know we're doing this the group people are like hey carlisle uh there's this group coming they really want to see maxi can you just give them a couple extra minutes and carlisle was like screw it i'll just throw them out there in a season like this heck yeah man (laughs) uh he's probably just like in the locker room anybody have family here tonight yeah i got i got some cousins coming from out of town all right you get 10 minutes tonight let's go (laughs) (laughs) uh another thing i want to bring up is dennis Smith jr step back crossover uh-oh. It is it is a thing of beauty uh, to watch it and just watching Dennis grow and his ball handling. That is something that we have not like worried about the entire season. I mean, he's had some turnovers, but I think more so it's decision making more than it is like actually yeah. turning over the ball like off his foot or something like that. So I, I wanted to point out a positive because I think a lot of times we're very negative on on younger players. We talked about him getting blocked at the rim and all that stuff, but his crossover. I mean, it's going to be nasty. I mean, it's his just, ball handling in general. Because I mean, he's got. Yeah, some of the moves, I mean, just earlier him playing Calderon and just him from spin moves to he he has this move to where he's dribbling and sometimes it takes him off the dribble. He like kind of, I don't even know what it's called. He like picks up his feet and kind of, it's not like a high step, but it's like kind of a glide, but it's like a fake and it's wild. I mean, some of the stuff already his rookie season, the the ankles he's broken. I mean, the ankles, about, oh, the ankles. We just talked about Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins is supposed to be this, like, really athletic, you know, in theory, um, great wing defender, you know, which he's not. But still, him just breaking him off the dribble and going in for a shot is, is impressive. So it's only it's only going to get better from here on out. And something I'm super excited about is he's going to drop some people. You know, like the league, oh, yeah. the league overall, I feel like players are getting worse at defense. There's more guys that are coming in that are, you know, offensive specialists or, you know, quote unquote three and D guys that don't do the D as well as they do the three. <laughs> and so yeah. 
He's going to start dropping some guys, and it's going to be awesome. There's going to be some good highlights, and he's probably working with the best ball handling coach in the NBA, in God, shame yeah. God, because he has done wonders to to Harrison Barnes, I think. So many players across the league, you know, come in and do workouts with with Sham God, and it's with God they do. <laughs> I was gonna say God, but I was saying it's a weird thing I to mean, say. You, ha- he's one of those guys. Easter, you, have, I mean. you have to say his full name. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's a it's exciting future for for Dennis, and his ball handling is probably, I mean, in the top half of point guards in the league already. Another story I brought up in the 10 things is uh, Nerlens Noel coming back and just being a super consummate, you know, the Did consummate he, come back? Prof- I he he's back. Being a consummate professional, uh, you know, especially to us, the media and uh, you know, I, was, I heard a theory that they only that they didn't play him because they wanted to blackball restricted free agents taking the qualifier. Anyway, keep on going. So, but the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I think we have to rank the weirdest stories in the NBA so far. Okay. Just one to three. So far, I think it's Markel Fultz. Okay, well, your two you mentioned is guaranteed. Yeah, Mar- Markel Fultz, Kawhi Leonard, and Nerlens. I feel like those are the top three. And I feel like Kawhi's is weirder than Markel's. Is that – you think that's fair? Yes. Because of the standards that we we have for San Antonio and for as far like Fultz, the Fultz situation, we are building the foundation of what we believe Fultz, Philly, and all that situation will be. Kawhi and San Antonio, the tower's already built. Like we already know what there we were two of them. What, they were twins. Yeah, <laughs> they were twins. It's what we thought was you know was it. We all had our everything built already in our minds and for that to get challenged is is really really weird even i mean to this day all season long until now but it, yeah, it's, it's so weird the other thing is we've seen injured 76ers rookies right <laughs> the way they handled yeah. it was weird but just the idea of him being injured wasn't as weird as the idea of Kawhi leonard being cleared and then not coming ba- you know not coming back right away Especially on a playoff team, that's what that's what's so weird about the Kawhi thing is that they're a playoff team. They're sticking around. They, everybody was really excited to see Kawhi Leonard come back to this team because they had played so well. I mean, your your villain, like your uh, your nemesis, Kyle Anderson, he's played really really well this season. Uh, I'm just I'm surprised the way I, I take that back. I'm not surprised the way that they were able to take him and, and turn him into like a, a a solid NBA player, and a good defender. But uh, I'm surprised that it, it's happened this quickly and that he's able to come in and actually start. I thought he was just going to be a really good like role bench player, like a Boris Diaw was to them type of guy. Like that's yeah. who I thought he was going to be. But he's actually starting and doing really well now. They solely rely on Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, if they don't have him, they're kind of sunk. But that he was going to come back to this team. Like that's a really good team of role players, and then he just decides not to. Like the quietest guy in the league now wants to be a star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's wild, man. And now we just gotta now we just see it because I mean, is he ever gonna suit up for the Spurs again? I mean, oh, now everybody on the Mavericks like, guys, I mean, chill out. Like <laughs> everybody, yeah. everybody listening right now just got really excited. They're like, oh, the Spurs. Could somebody trade for the him? Spurs? No, not just that. Just the fact that the Spurs would be bad. Like, oh, yeah. Man. The Spurs, how high? The Spurs how high up in the bad. draft? And which? 
you know, which lottery team, if they said, hey, let's put him on the block. That is call every team. That is a story for a different top pod. 10. I think we should go. That's we wild. should do that at some point, especially okay. If he doesn't play again, we will do a pod where we will just trash the Spurs and we will talk about who oh, Kawhi yes. can get traded for. <laughs> I'm here for this. Also, I want to throw one. The Fizdale Memphis was very weird to me. I would. That's throw that a good in. one. That's a really good one. It, but, it's a little more explainable than these other ones, but yeah, that's probably four. I think. Yeah. Um. All right. The last thing that I'm going to bring up from this. The Scotty Hobson stat, the 10-day contract player for the Dallas Mavericks. He has done something that no other player in NBA history has ever done, according to basketball reference. I haven't looked at this, so I'm very excited for he this. He has scored one single point <laughs> for an entire season for two different teams. Oh, my gosh. He scored one point for the Mavericks this year on a free throw, obviously. And he scored one single point in 2013-14 when he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers with Kyrie and the non-LeBron team. <laughs> no other player in NBA history has ever done that. <laughs> one single point for an entire season with two different teams. That's so hard to do. What if he never makes it back in the NBA again? And that's, and that's just his, his legacy. Like, you know, years from now, it's like, Grandpa, did you play basketball? Did you ever play in the NBA? Yes, I did. I scored two points. <laughs> I scored two points. Oh, wow, what in, shot was it? Well, in two, in, in two years. <laughs> two different seasons. I scored one point. That were four years season. apart. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. That man. is so weird. That's such a weird stat. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ruin this this guy's name, but there are two other Mavs that have done this. They've scored one point in a single, like for an entire season, and it's uh, Derek Martin in 2001, 2002. And uh, help me with this one. Pavel Podakskin. Po- Podkolskin? That's all you. P-O-D-K-O-L-Z-I-N. <laughs> Podkolzin. Podkolzin. 2004-2005. They scored uh, one point each in their, their single season. So there you go. That was my 10 things. You can read. There's a couple other ones in there. There's uh, obviously media. Uh there's obviously, you know, multimedia. It's in a multimedia in, like piece. You can go see all the videos and GIFs and all that kind of stuff. It's very well written, and I like all the videos. You have a YouTube video. You have GIFs. You have tweets. It's fun. I appreciate that. You said that it was well written. Um, <laughs> I have two things I want to mention before we end. All right. I have a couple that's things, okay. too. Sorry, sorry, David Locke. We have more things to talk about. Uh, do you want to do yours first? The uh, – Atlanta Hawks have defeated the, Orla- the Orlando Magic 94 to 98. So right now they have 22 wins and the Magic have 22 wins and the Mavericks are going to have 23 wins cuz they are probably going to lose right now. There's 38 seconds left and they're down by 13. <laughs> so yes. so the Mavericks are going to lose and uh Atlanta won. So that means the Mavs are still in fifth in the lottery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have to they're look at the official fifth, standings real quick. But. but they're getting closer to the, the that top three. Getting closer to the top three. So, like, you pretty much had two things to root for right here. Were you rooting for uh, to get closer to Orlando in that four, or were you rooting for Atlanta to kind of even up with Orlando? And now you're looking at the situation to where – you know, if Orlando and Atlanta 
you know, win maybe even just one, you know, one or crazy two games at before the end of the year. I mean, Dallas is going to be right there. Of course, it depends. I mean, Dallas has two games, one against Orlando on Wednesday, which would be crazy to keep track of. And then, of course, the last game of the season against uh, Phoenix, which will probably be a win. Yeah, Phoenix is 19 and 58. It's It seems really hard for anybody to catch them. So Phoenix has 19 wins. Memphis has 21 wins. And then the two teams in the East both have 22, Orlando and Atlanta. And then the Mavericks have 23. So it seems like the Mavericks are – I mean, it feels like the Mavericks are, are guaranteed a top five place in the lottery. Sacramento's right there. They have 24 wins. Yeah, I mean, with Chicago winning, they they have like three more wins than Dallas. Uh, so kind of put them – Yeah, um, Chicago's next. 26, Brooklyn has 25. So it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue for the Mavs. Yeah, so I kind of put them in that 7-8 range. So then you're looking at Sacramento and – Dallas and all that stuff. So, I mean, basically the season ends, you know, the only way if they end up at like five or something, then you're just, then we're all just waiting for the lottery to happen. And hopefully nobody jumps the Mavericks in the lottery. And even if they do, so let's, so they're kind of guaranteed. It seems like right now they're guaranteed five or six, right? You think that's fair to place in the lottery? Even if they get jumped once and they're in six, they're at seven. This is, there's seven guys that you could be excited about in the draft. Yes, there, it is top seven for me draft. So I think I think we're safe <laughs> as far as like. <laughs> we'll see. Don't two we teams don't would have to jump the Mavs. Yeah, well, yeah, and it depends on how Dallas finishes out the season. I mean, let's say they win two against Orlando and Phoenix, and that's this is a good point. That takes them to twenty five wins right there. So you kind of just go go from there, and but we'll see how see how it ends. Do you have anything else? That's it for me. Okay. I have I have one more thing, and this would be good to end on. I have to admit something, Nick. Oh, no. I'm, I'm kind of in on Dwight Powell being on the team next year and being, like, a huge piece of the future. Whoa! So, here's the thing. This Dwight is a Powell, big win for America. This is a big win Dwight, for Dallas. This Dwight is a big Powell, win for the Metroplex. Even go- this is a big win for Locked On Mavericks. This is a massive win for MFFL Nation. This is a huge win for Smoking Cuban. This is a massive I'll- win for Mavs Moneyball. And for everyone involved, this is a huge win for the paper and for ESPN and every single media outlet involved. This is just the most breaking, biggest story that has broke the entire Maverick season. Like, I can't believe we broke that right here on this podcast. I have, I'll even go as far as... He's going Dallas farther, is, guys. He's going farther. If Dallas, because he's so young and how, how well he's playing, how young is he? I'll even go as far as if we're drafting the six or seven range oh, and we're talking about a wing or a goes. big, I would go the wing over the big so Dwight Powell could be in there. This is the biggest This is the biggest turnaround in Lockdown Mavericks history. I'll even say this. One of the staples hey. of our early shows was you just trashing Dwight Powell. I'll I'll even say this. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. You got to leave this in the pod. You have to. Peace out. (laughs) Peace out, boom.